wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate and commercially surfable wave pools are opening around the world. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My name is Nick Robinson and through my guests we take a detailed look at this fascinating new game. Check us out on wavepoolmag.com. For your curiosity and stuff. Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, today we're chatting to Andrew Thatcher from Whitewater or Whitewater West. These are the guys who have brought us Endless Surf and who are currently doing the you know, heavy planning on the Paris project and a couple of other projects around the world that we'll get into and chat a little bit about. What Andrew, he is it's quite interesting because he actually came from South Africa, which is my original place of birth and now I'm living in Portugal and now Andrew is living in San Diego in California. In some great way he managed to meet up with Thomas Lochtefeld who is famous for Wavelock and Surflock and he designed and built and patented and all those other things the Flowrider and so Andrew went to go and work for Tom at Flowrider and then eventually when Whitewater bought Flowrider he moved over to Whitewater and he's uh, you know, involved in, in everything now. So it's really good to chat to him and get his take on Whitewater and you know all their, their products, the Flowrider and the Endless Surf. We talk a little bit about the future of surfing uh, in the end. So it's a great listen. So dig in, enjoy yourself and enjoy two bloody South Africans having a chat. All right, Andrew Thatcher, thanks so much for joining us on the Wavepool Mag podcast. All the way from, where did you say, San Diego? Yes, sunny San Diego. Lovely. What's it like down there? Is it like sunny all year round? <laughs> you know, uh, the the weather is fantastic. I cannot I cannot deny it. Um, it's certainly it's certainly very good. We're uh, right now. I think it's about twenty degrees. So we're uh, we're feeling um, feeling pretty good. But you know, it's a it's a winter's day, and uh, but happy to be here, man. Obviously, 20 degrees um, Celsius, right? Not That's um, right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that might be a bit chilly. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, and I also, because um, Whitewater has the headquarters up in, in Canada, right? So do you have, you know, offices all around the world? Yeah, that's right. Um, corporate head offices are in Vancouver, but we have offices all over, you know, San Diego, Denver, Florida, uh, we have a big kind of like satellite office in in Europe and Germany, uh, Shanghai as well. So, yeah, we've got um, different people scattered all over the world. Truly, a global company. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a few meetings with um, with Whitewater West in Europe, and it's uh, and it went well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great company. It sounds amazing. That's um, great. But I want to know because did you how, how did it sort of pan out? Because did you go and work for Thomas Lachtfeld right in the beginning? Yeah, so when I first, uh, I, I'm actually uh, uh, originally from South Africa, and I moved here back yes. in 2000. So we have that in common, right? Yeah, um, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I moved here in 2000, and, and almost right away started working for uh, Wavelock. So that was that was in the, the year 2000, so to yeah, twenty-one years ago. But I mean, that must have been a dream. How do you get? How do you go and get to work for Wavelock? Because it, <laughs> it was sort of a bit under the radar in those days, right? Right, right. Uh, man, I, I guess I was just in the right place at the right time. Um, I, I, my sister. I was connected through my sister to Tom Lochtefeld, who was friends with friends of my sister, and she put us together, and uh, I started working for for him. 
uh, for Tom back in those days. And, and it was it was great. You know, it was, it was definitely a fun, fun time. And, and you, were, you felt like you were really uh, doing something special. And so it, it, was, it, was, definitely, it was definitely rewarding and, and, and a good time. I'm sure. So now I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was 2014 when Thomas Lochtefeld sold it to, to Whitewater. How did that go mm-hmm. down? Because you must have been in the thick of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was an interesting process, uh, no doubt. Um, the the process started at the end of 2012, and and uh, the acquisition took some time to to get finalized, but uh, uh, eventually it did. And and myself and and a lot of the people who were focused more on on the Flowrider and kind of sheet wave technology ended up moving over to Whitewater and started working with Whitewater at that stage. Okay, I mean, that's always a difficult transition. I remember going through a, a company merger back in um, in South Africa as well, in IT. And uh, so how, was it okay? I mean, obviously, there's a few teething problems, but now it's obviously fully, fully on board six years later, seven years later. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, uh, Working for Wavelock was was fun and it was it was, it was an awesome awesome time, um, but you know just having the resources that I did when we went over to Whitewater, I literally felt like a kid in a candy store. You know, you just had um, massive support through architecture, project management, um, you name it, and and it was uh, it wasn't it you know there were challenges, no doubt. But the whole acquisition actually took so long that by the time it happened, it it felt really natural. Oh, lovely. Yeah, okay. But tell us a little bit about um, a typical, and then there probably isn't a typical flowrider installation, because I know we've got one here down here in Portugal in the Algarve, um, Mm -hmm. and it's essentially just a flowrider and it's got a a cafe next to it. Is that that sort of the, the, the basic setup that you've got around the world with all the flowriders? Oh, gosh. I mean, we are... You know, Flowrider is in so many different kinds of applications. Um, you know, originally I think it was just a water park attraction, and and the whole goal. Tom kind of had this catchphrase where he said he, it was his goal was to give people the thrill of surfing regardless of location, and so we have Flowriders in Great Falls, Montana. You know, in the in the outback of Australia, um, they're in everything from water parks hotel resorts, cruise ships, as, as most people know them. Uh, the original was in water parks. And, and I would say that now uh, about half of what we do are in water parks, and then the other half are scattered across municipalities, hotel resorts, uh, standalone venues like the one that you were talking about and then cruise ships is also another big part of our business yeah i went on one cruise in my life and it was crazy there were two two flow riders on the back of the boat it was crazy yeah, is that, yeah. yeah. it was amazing to just to sit up there and surf but i mean i've tried a flow rider and it's a whole lot of fun but it's nothing like surfing at all i mean i've heard rumors about a, a new deeper water version um is that something that you're allowed to talk about yeah, I mean, and, and just to be clear as well, you know, I I grew up surfing, and and you know, I, I would say that when I was a teenager, uh, surfed quite a bit. But when I joined um, 
when I joined Wavelock, that's when I really started to surf a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, most of the people in Flowrider in that office are surfers. And we would, I remember at one point, you know, where our offices were on the beach and, and you would just have this phrase, when in doubt, paddle out, you know, we'd surf almost every day. It was, it was epic. Awesome. Um, you know, things have changed a little bit, but, uh, um, you know, there, there is no doubt that, that, uh, riding the flow rider is very different to surfing, but, but it's almost like, um, it's as a surfer, it's not like you sign a contract with surfing and, and you say, I will never do touch another board sideways. <laughs> you know? Most, most surfers will snowboard. They will, they'll ride a skateboard. They just kind of like going sideways. So, um, uh, we find a lot of people that would, would ride the flow rider. And at the end of the day, you know, with the flow rider specifically, it really wasn't about trying to replace surfing, but it was just about having fun. You know, that's, that's really what it kind of boiled down to was just, just going out and having fun, you know, just like you did when you, you were on the cruise. And is there a deeper water version coming? Cause oh, it's obviously yes, sorry. The... Original question. Yeah, yeah. I got a little sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> We are working on a on a deep water uh, wave product. Uh, we we call it Flow Surf. So so when you actually look at uh, Whitewater's kind of surfing range of products, um, you would have Flow Rider, Flow Surf, which is the deeper water version, and then Endless Surf, which is kind of the real surf pool. And so I'm I I handle uh, sales more in the kind of like standalone market for those those three three. Uh, products and and so to answer your question yes absolutely we we have a new product in the works we haven't uh released it to the marketplace yet or or publicized it but but it is something that that will be released soon that's exciting because obviously um with the competition with city wave and and whatever else there is out there they, they've got a deeper water thing and it's it's just much more of a surf-like experience with fins and everything so i think that i've never tried it that i'd love to have you tried one of those i have i have and, and it was fun you know it, it was it was really fun i, d- I did enjoy um uh, trying something i've tried a few of the different deeper water wave op- options out there um Actually, back in I think 2007, uh, uh, Wavelock. When I was part of Wavelock, we built a deep water wave uh, in a place called Maui Sands in Ohio. So I'm I wouldn't say that I'm I'm new to this, uh, and and we we have this new product that that I think is really going to uh, make some waves in the industry. Pardon yeah, the, pardon I'm the sure. pun. So from a marketing perspective, it feels like you have two ends of the spectrum on, on one side are water parks which you guys are historically known for and on the other side are surf parks or whatever you want to call them these days dedicated surf parks so in the middle sits Flowrider trying to bridge the gap is that how you see it at whitewater i'm sure you might see it completely differently um with respect to the target market uh, you know i don't know that that we're trying to bridge the gap or or uh i i don't really see it that way um you know we're we have a lot of passionate people who are passionate about surfing, who are are building a surfing a surf pool, you know, in endless surf. Um, and then we we also have the same level of passion on the on the water park side of things. Um, and and you know one thing that you should remember as well is that whitewater uh, 
cut its teeth building large wave pools. I mean, Typhoon Lagoon was built by Whitewater. Uh, Sunway Lagoon in Malaysia was built by Whitewater. There are something like 400 wave pools out there that were uh, built by Whitewater. And and so there's there's nothing new to us here. It's just kind of scaling it up a little bit, um, and and you know changing direction certainly, and, and getting more focused on the quality of the surf has been the the real the real dynamic. But but making wave pools has is not been new. Um, we're also are just so embedded in so many different markets. You know, as you as you can see with with flow riding you know, from cruise ships to restaurants to hotel resorts and and everything in between so it was quite natural for us to to make that leap and and go to the next level with endless surf so how did it feel when um there was rumblings of the endless surf product and what is the evolution of the product i mean for me personally it was just super exciting uh you know being a surfer and and, and surfing you know multiple times a week whenever i can you know, if I wasn't on this dang podcast, I'd be surfing. No, no, it's uh, um, the the evolution was we recognized that this was something that was growing. That, you know, I, if you were to go back uh, maybe five years, it seemed like there was five or six uh, companies making surf pools and there was none zero actual operating surf venues and even now there's only a few you know a handful of of venues that are are physically out there operating um but we just felt that now was the right time uh to to get into the space we also you know tried to do a a a licensing deal here and there and and it didn't quite work and then we realized wait a second we we've been building uh wave pools for a very long time and we can we we know what we know how to do this let's just do it Mm -hmm. excellent because i mean as a i remember when when we first heard about whitewater coming onto the market and it was uh it was just quite amazing it was like it was like this big corporate swooping in and you know just almost gathering up everybody so it was a really exciting (laughs) time which is great to have another alternative to to on the playing field yeah i mean you know just having the resources that we have the the ability to not only provide uh the surf pool but but actually provide the entire experience um you know not only for our clients as far as design and planning and and all those other good things that come along with it but uh uh, also you know just the other things that families can can have at a at a surf park you know we can if you want to, you can have a standalone uh, deep water wave experience uh, or, or stationary wave experience right next to your restaurant. You can have a little uh, interactive play structure for the smaller kids who who are at the uh, at the surf park, and and everything in between. You know, so so I believe that we bring a lot to the table when it comes to our offering. Uh, Jan, you've obviously got tons of experience in how people move through the park and where the best revenue streams are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Um, but if you could give us some basic stats on the Endless Surf product itself. I know mm-hmm. it's probably the, the, the flagship product is the ES4800, right, with, with the 48 uh, chambers. That is correct, yes. Can we just go through some stats? Like what kind of Absolutely. surface area does that involve? Yeah, so um, 
we're basically uh we, sorry my screen went black so we're basically around uh 26,000 square meters uh or, or roughly six acres is the is the overall area that the uh that the 4800 uh takes up which is essentially 282 meters by 85 meters oh, okay excellent um and then more or less how much water does it hold uh we're looking at 15,700 cubic meters which is about 40 40 less than our than our um kind of like main competitors out there which is which is pretty epic so we have less water um than 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 most other companies out there just because of the unique shape of the pool okay right yeah i get that yeah because i think i think a wave garden you know an average wave garden would have about twenty five thousand cubic meters so yeah, yes it's a lot a lot more huh? yeah it's a lot less and and that actually is it's kind of a big deal you know because if you if you're producing uh if you have to uh, clean that much water to purify the water uh, your costs go up your the filtration cost for for uh, an extra you know all that extra water is substantial we're, we're talking you know like a hundred thousand a year uh, if you're if you kind of calculate it out at a average 10 cents um, uh, power cost so it's it's a big deal it's you save money on your excavation your civil works your filtration it's less costly to power the water and then you can not only that but you can actually use that land for other things as well things that produce revenue like restaurants and bars and 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 whatnot and obviously it goes down well in in fairly arid areas like for example the coachella valley in california yes exactly exactly real issues with with water use there um and getting into energy, because energy is always at the forefront of everyone's mind. It's like, how much energy does it consume in, in megawatts? Just to kind of make things clear so we can kind of uh, be speaking apples to apples. So, so if we were to say a, um, a head-high wave, uh, you'd be looking at around 2.8 kilowatts. Um, so, yeah, around, around 2.8 kilowatts for for a head high wave chest high wave would be around 1.58 kilowatts but but the thing that's really important to to realize you know a lot of people are out there saying oh you know you're using a certain amount of electricity um when you calculate your electricity consumption it's much like how you would calculate fuel consumption of a car or let's say you had a trucking company you know there's there's certain mileage where it's on a freeway, there's certain mileage where it's in city streets and your gas consumption in the big truck will vary uh, wildly depending on how it's being used. Um, and, and if you were to actually take an entire uh, year um, of, of, uh, of usage, you're, you're, it becomes a lot more manageable. And, and so, you know, based on, on like a U.S. national average electricity cost is around 10 cents a kilowatt. Um, and you average that by the number of waves produced per year, we're, we're about 25 cents a wave, which is, wow. you know, which is very manageable. And what about geotech? Um, is that a major issue? Because obviously it's a very large civil construction. I mean, that's a big lake that you build, a big concrete lake that you're building. So you've got to build it on some solid foundations. Um, how deeply do you get involved in, in the geotech of the, of the of the site you know this is 
certainly something that is more case by case. Uh, it is we will provide a set of guidelines as far as how the the pool should be shaped. But but when it gets down to the actual you know, real concrete drawings with rebar and rebar spacing and concrete thickness. It is more of a site-specific type exercise. So, you know, if you were to have someone in, let's say, Dubai, um, where where they're building on sand or they're building on, on rock, you want to hire a local engineering firm that's going to help you specify the rebar thickness that applies to local code. You're going to have a certain concrete thickness. Um, and then, you know, the same thing goes if you're building it in Florida on a swamp, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to vary weirdly, uh, wildly from, uh, from location to location, depending on the, uh, what the local codes are. So we provide uh, a certain amount of engineering and engineering support, but the kind of the more local engineering with, you know, w- with the end of surf would be done by a local engineering firm. That's kind of more familiar with the site, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess, I mean, every single site is going to be different, isn't it? But if, you, if you're a promoter, for example, running around looking for a piece of land to put a wave pool on, you know, you've got to have some more or less constraints. And I, and I guess you just got to look for stable land and you can't put it in marshland because it's going to cost a lot more. Um, to try and stabilize it, right? So it's just a lot of common sense. How heavily does does Whitewater get involved with an endless surf project? Um, do you just focus on setting the wave pumps, or do you do a full consultation and, and architectural drawings and etc.? Yeah, so um, we will we get involved, um, and it pretty much as much as you would want us to. When you look at uh, overall planning, we we will help you and we'll support you uh we get involved with the design side of things you know having a full uh team of architects on our staff is just one of the best things ever um so and and also architects that understand water understand land planning and 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 are more kind of landscape architects uh who specialize in these kinds of things guys who have been designing water and and how water flows and how people flow through a site for 30 40 you know years it's it's just incredible the that that level of resource um we also have uh, a, a system called vantage which is more on the uh, uh, software side of things, which relates to the ticketing and online booking systems and how people flow through a park and how people have experiences within the surf park. So we cover quite a lot of, of different things. But at the end of the day, we, we are not, uh, you know, we're not a surf park consultant. So I still would recommend that you hire you know, companies out there um, who are surf park consultants who who can kind of support you and 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 help you know help you through your process as well. Yeah, because I guess there'd be a bit of a conflict of interest if you're consulting for your own tech, right? Yeah, yeah. And just to be clear, you know, on the design side of things, we we tend to focus a little bit more on the master planning, and and we don't really get into the weeds on on uh, on like 
it's it's more of we do schematic design, master planning, kind of big picture stuff. And then you would normally have a local architect that would do the the DD, you know, design development. Okay, great. Um, we're well aware of the Paris project because we, we sp- spoke to Baptiste Colonc and we had a long, great chat about the Paris project. All right. Um, who using Endless Surf, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, and we're aware of a project in, in Vietnam somewhere. How many others are you currently working on? Yeah, so we have, I believe we have five projects that are moving forwards. Um, you know, uh, one in the Middle East, one in the Caribbean, um, and and then then certainly the ones that you mentioned as well. There, there's there's also you know quite a few things behind the scenes that 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 are happening that we can't really talk about. Um, but but it's certainly um, it's exciting times, you know. Yeah, it must be a dynamic place to work. It sounds incredibly yeah. exciting. Yeah, it is. Are you guys planning um, an endless surf demo installation at all? You know, similar to Surf Lakes's Yapoon facility and and Wave Garden's Spanish HQ, because I think that that would go a long way to allay any um, investors. Um, yeah, you know, sort of questions. You know, just given the fact that we already have. Um, uh, a handful of binding projects, <laughs> binding agreements that that with projects, you know, pretty much underway. I don't know that if we were to even build our own venue, that we could build it quicker than the venues that are being built. And and you know, we do have a ton of experience um, with our team. Uh, you know, Clément Genestet, uh, who who comes from this space. Um, uh, he he worked on the. Uh, the, the project in Waco. We've obviously got a lot of experience building surf pools. Uh, you know, Typhoon Lagoon is an example, and we have a whole team of engineers that uh, that are, are well versed on this. So um, we, at this stage, I, I don't believe that we're going to be building kind of like our own uh, demo venue, uh, just because we are, uh, you know, going to have our actual venues open at some point soon. I guess, yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned Clement. Um... Yeah, I just heard. I just remembered something. And there is there a product that you've got called Wave DJ? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, the Wave Doctor. Uh, the I Wave Doctor. Probably, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the Wave DJ. Yeah, shoot but me. that's a good one. I'm actually going to patent that right now because <laughs> <laughs> trademark Wave I DJ. That's for the, the music. The... <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. The, the gosh, again, you know, Claymore would be a, a better person to talk to the, the effectiveness of the wave doctor. But I think that, you know, what makes Endless Surf truly special and truly unique is that, you know, you can have calm water and with the touch of a button, a head high wave comes out and you're surfing it. And then at the and then you could have a, a, a chest high wave come right after that. And you can have all these different types of waves different shapes of waves and so when you when you think about us and i know i'm i'm going on one of those classic uh andrew tangents here but when you think about um how surf pools you know a lot of surfers are romantic you know they think about them building their surf pool and they think about how it's going to be running in in a you know in in July when it's hot on a Saturday and it's going to be packed full of people. But what about a Tuesday in in February? You know, what about those low days where it becomes more challenging? And that's where the the endless surf 
truly shines is that if you have a if you have less people in the pool, you can produce less waves. Um, you know, you, and that's where the wave doctor comes in. Uh, it gives you that flexibility, the the ability to adjust the wave, um, and and have different waves, different wave shapes, different sizes, um, and and you know there are people that that have higher pay grades that, than I do that that can explain this in in more detail, but. You know, we have that ability then with how Vantage, which is kind of like the software that allows people access into the venue, then talks to the wave doctor as well. And so you can actually have that level of adjustment for the surfers that kind of matches their, their skill level. So so for a guy like me who's been surfing a long time, but I, I wouldn't exactly say that I'm that I'm 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 an expert, you know, I'm not looking to get um, that super gnarly uh, takeoffs and 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 you're never going to see me uh, willingly detach myself from the board or get in here you know and so I would much rather have a certain kind of like a trestles type wave that is a little uh, a little uh, maybe softer versus something that is steep and it's and and pitching you know I think I'm right there with you I just want to go up and down <laughs> and surf that thing <laughs> yeah exactly but- you know the incredible thing about um, about endless surf that I've seen is that, that obviously you've got no pier in the middle, so you've got the whole pool to play with if mm-hmm. you want to. And, and um, you know, I was chatting to Clement a long time ago, and he was saying, "Yo, you can actually have a wave that goes all the way across the pool." So, what yeah. that, that does for competitions must be incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, if if you go to pipeline and you sit there and you watch people surf. Pipeline. I'm not saying that we're anything like pipeline. Don't get me wrong. Because say, we're not. <laughs> but when you sit there and you time people, you know, when you're surfing a wave like pipeline, you feel like you're, you know, you drop in and it feels like a month. But when you actually time people actually riding the wave, it's something like five seconds. And and on a 4800, if you're going from one side to the other, it's a 26 second ride. I mean, that's that is awesome. It's a real leg burner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you 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 have a you know have to pack a lunch because you're gonna get hungry halfway through your ride. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about you, Andrew, but I watched the um, Kelly Slater's uh, surf surf ranch competition, and um, to be fair, um, obviously it's a magnificent wave and it's incredible and everything. But I was bored to tears, and I and I was trying to work out why I was bored to tears, and I was just thinking. Because you know, there was no variation, there was no, there's no oh, like what's going to happen. It's like 20 seconds to go. Will there be a set? You know that kind of scenario you got in the normal WSL. So have you guys got plans to program a, like a randomize a competition surf style arrangement in the pool? I, w- I don't know that we have plans to do that, but the the system is able to do that. If you wanted to do that, it can. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can obviously program in lulls and and different right. types, you know, different lulls in between sets, and then bigger sets and smaller sets, and exactly, and and even as the wave the wave runs runs across, right? It it you can do it where it could have a little section where where it it picks up or or flattens out or pitches more. Um, that that it's not only adjustable from a dynamic of wave to wave but within the wave itself there is adjustability yeah it sounds incredibly versatile it is you know, i think that's really where you know intersurf truly shines is 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 that uh adjustability and then you know versatility and then 
you know, maintenance as well is a huge, huge factor. So when are we going to see one? Is there, can we, can we lay a date on the table? I know COVID's probably thrown a spanner in the works of everything around the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I used to throw spanners in the works all the time when I was growing up and then uh, came to the US and, and I'd say that and people would go, what the heck is a spanner? And now it's throwing <laughs> a wrench in the works, you know? <laughs> you know, to be honest, I am not exactly sure when there will be an opening date. You know, I, I know that we have a client who has been pushing us for a while to be open by the end of this year. Uh, 2021. Um, uh, but you, again, COVID comes in and, and there's also all sorts of delays and things. So um, we will certainly announce as we get closer to the real openings, but we do have a lot that is going on, going on uh, uh, a number of projects and, and you should see something soon. But for me to, to issue a date, um, sure. maybe a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I know that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. Um, okay, let's chat about the future of surfing a little bit because um, it's said that there are between 17 and 35 million surfers in the world today and we're growing at roughly 15% per year. Do you think that, when do you think it's going to become, um, when do you think wave pools will have a direct impact on the surfing population well it already has i mean you know there's so there's so many people like i live in san diego which is one of the surfing meccas of the world and we, and there's so many people here that talk about having gone to surf pools and having surfed in surf pools um you know it typically can be expensive because you have to fly somewhere but there's no doubt that the that surf pools are a thing of the future that are coming that will be here and 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 are being developed you know surfing is such an aspirational sport um i remember just with a flow rider traveling to texas back in like 2003 and seeing a guy wearing a a, a billabong shirt that said surfing is life the rest is details um and i was like what the heck is he talking about man he's living in the middle of texas but it, but it's there's just such a strong uh love and passion for it that that it it can only go one way and that's up and and certainly during covid man the, the number of people that are that are in the water now is just like <laughs> oh it's crazy here in portugal as well yeah yeah i mean it's just it's it's getting too much actually in portugal there's just so many people surfing it's uh it's crazy but now I've told the story a couple of times on the podcast, but I went up to Porto, which is in the north of Portugal, big city up there. And um, I was in the football stadium and they've got a museum underneath the football stadium. I was looking around and I saw the, this photograph of these old old guys standing around on a field and it was taken 100 years ago. And it was on the very ground that I was standing at the base of the stadium. And so in 100 years, it's grown from just a patch of grass to this billion dollar stadium. And obviously, we all know how big football is. It's it's nuts. Do you reckon? I mean, obviously, because we we have the potential now to create surfing stadiums. Do you think surfing can ever get as big as football? Oh man! <laughs> Sorry, crazy question. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I kind of hope not. Um, maybe uh, certainly in Australia. 
you know, you go to places like Australia, and and it's it's certainly bigger than soccer down there. That's for sure. Um, it's a really good question, and and I don't I don't know the answer. I really I really don't. Maybe, but uh, I kind of hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's impossible to predict. But and and you're right. I mean, the growth of surfing is like a double edged sword. I mean, on the one hand, you got more opportunities for people to work passionately in the space that they love. Yes, and on the other hand you've got more kooks polluting the brakes yeah it's it's a double-edged sword isn't it yeah but kooks have always been here and kooks will always be here you know and 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 the fact of the of the matter is that you know i was a kook one day you were a kook one day and 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 we kind of pushed through i'm a kook (laughs) (laughs) and and so am i sometimes you know um and and so i don't think that you know, there are people out there that kind of just dabble in it. You know, the guys that, you know, in South Africa, the what we would call the volleys, <laughs> the guys coming yeah. down from Johannesburg. <laughs> and yeah. and just, you know, they would view surfing as like, well, you know, are we going, um, are we going to go to the zoo or are we going to go surfing? Oh, let's go surfing. Um, and, and it's almost just like something that you do in the whitewash. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's certainly, you know, not good. But I, I think that... I think it can only be good as time goes on to to have more people that are getting more passionate about it, that love it. Are the are the breaks getting more crowded? Yeah, I mean that's that's a tough thing for sure. Um, but but hopefully what we're doing is 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 being a part of the solution. Exactly. Yeah, and and, and hopefully that, that we need a lot more wave pools to to fix that problem. But I think. I think it'll come. Obviously, it'll, it'll take a lot of time. Yeah. But yeah, and, and you, when you're talking about aspirational surfers, it's, I mean, there's so many barriers to entry to surfing. I mean, some people are yeah. just scared of the ocean. Um, right. And then there's rocks and reefs and sharks and jellyfish and all kinds of crazy things, big waves and small waves. And so, yeah, I think jumping in a pool is a much more attractive idea for a lot of people. So It is. And I remember last year, you know, my... Uh, um, uh, my, my boss uh, Marshall Meerman, uh, who 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 runs the um, uh, kind of like the the, the flow rider flow surf part of the the business, he's just diehard hardcore surfer, and, and he he flew to Tavarua uh, for two weeks, and and that waves just the last two days of the of the trip. So, the the one thing that that uh, the, the surf pools bring to the table is that ability to have waves and and you're not uh you're not limited by what nature can provide from that perspective but at the end of the day though what the 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 excitement nothing beats the excitement of paddling out and just not knowing what's going to come so there it's you can never ever say that surf pools are going to replace nature that's that's never going to happen because there's it's just so completely different and and it and i don't think that we even need to say that that we're you know that it's going to do that it's more just about having fun it's more about doing things that we're passionate about and and just uh, the love the love of surfing uh yeah it's been so good chatting to you andrew and thank you so much for your views on endless surf and, and surfing as well and, and florida where can we check out endless surf online yeah so so if you were to go to uh, endlesssurf.com, uh, that that would be the place to to go check it out. Just watch that space because there'll be a, uh, news coming out on that all the time. Fantastic stuff. Well, yeah. Good luck for the future, and really, thanks again, Andrew. Really appreciate your time. 
All right, my pleasure. Thank you. Amazing. For your curiosity and stoke.